Welcome to Exotic Liability number 14. Hello. So uh, we're, we're down one member today. Uh, Mr. Jones is fastidiously uh, preparing for his new transition into the family of Trustwave employees. Yay. Um, I think that that may mean that he's learning how to use a scanner instead of do manual testing. But, I mean, you know, I, I actually think some of the uh, Spider Labs guys are, are pretty good, so... Uh, I think that he's actually going to, to do some pretty neat work out there. Um, so since we've been gone, uh, since you've been gone, so bad. <laughs> no, but uh, no. Since since we've been gone, we were out at ChicagoCon. Uh, it was a really, really, really awesome time. Yeah, ChicagoCon. Um, we completely and epically failed at being able to record any podcasts, even though we had like huge hopes, and I spent a shit ton of money on gear that I can't get to work so pj has to figure that shit out for us yeah, we'll get fixed sometime um the the chicago con speeches were really cool um it, it was one of those neat events where you get to go to it you're not you know mobbed by people the whole time but you also get to speak to a lot of the speakers that are up there and kind of you know tap them on the shoulder about some of the tech that they're talking about as well as some of the things that they're doing um at this one, you got to hang out in the lunchroom and eat pizza and try and clean your pizza hands off of all the jackalopes locks that she had. That's okay. Eventually, um, we'll get them cleaned off. After so, 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 what did you think? How, how was your first lock picking adventure to be to be officially teaching on your the, own? The first solo one. As the opposed first to, like, the solo, shower? opposed to the million <laughs> that you had to teach with fucking deviant. I had a good time. Um, basically, it was just kind of fun teaching everyone again. Like, I like. Being able to teach like more one on one to people, so it's not wasn't like the DefCon like lockpick village there, which right, is but there's out like of a million control. people. Like I don't know how those guys hold it down. It's just insane. Because <laughs> any probably even good moment in that room, it's probably like 120, 150 people. Um, but anyway, I, I definitely like more personal being able to say, "Hey, this is how you do it," or being able to show slideshows and be like, "You know, this is why this lock doesn't work, and this is why you couldn't open it." But that's how you defeat this next time. So get that straight. That's awesome. That's cool. And, and you know, I think the people that were there got a ton from it. Yeah. I think the people that were there got, got a whole lot from it just because they were able to go kind of one-on-one with you or, or, or me or Ryan. Yeah, one-on-one with you. Hey, one-on-one with Jackalope. That's dirty. That You have to win a contest to get to that shit. But, you ain't going to win. Um, yeah. Good thing our rankings are up. Oh, so we got uh, we get contacted by Mevio or something like that. Is that what they're called? Bless you. Um, and it started off with like we love your podcast. Um, you know that's cool, but uh, I doubt they've actually ever listened to it. They probably just like looked at the rankings and they're like, "Wow, people are listening to this shit. We New should ratings. pick them up." Um, but that that was interesting. So we'll we'll see what happens there. Uh, who knows? Maybe we'll get you know more people or get money so that we could sponsor drinking events at DefCon or something like that. Or just have drinking events anyway. Or I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, but you know, back back on topic of kind of what's going on. Uh, we're gonna try and get some of the speakers coming back uh, from ChicagoCon because we definitely put in a huge fail on not being able to get them. So we're gonna work on getting Brian and Ryan Lynn, and uh, probably we'll talk to Chris again about some of the stuff he was talking about with client side attacking, uh, and maybe a few of the other speakers. Also, maybe give uh, you know a little quick back to Don to talk about what he's doing with EHNet as well as some of the upcoming projects that he has coming on. Um, so those those are gonna be in upcoming episodes. Uh, we also f- tracked down the uh, the writers of Netafera or however the hell you say it. We actually have the link on the site this time, so we're doing good. Um, we're better about that. Thanks, guys. <laughs> and and so we're uh, we're gonna go through, and as soon as they make their 1.1 release, which will be in the next couple months, they're gonna come on the show and talk about all the cool stuff that it's doing. Um, we should have a number of other people. We're gonna we're gonna have compliance talks and all sorts of other stuff coming up. So th- this weekend we're really ramping up to make a bunch of episodes so we can kind of get back on track from our Chicago Con fail. Um, so you know this in this week's news there is all sorts of wonderful great security things going on. Um, you know, but a- as we're sitting there reviewing the news and and they they just looked at me like, hey, aren't you gonna listen to some of the messages we got? We got a um, bunch of messages. All right, fine. Let's do that instead. <laughs> Messages. It's you. Is it Dan? 
Uh, hello, Exotic Liability. My name is Pedro. Uh, I'm a Hi, college Pedro. student in New York, and I really enjoy your podcast. Thanks, uh, The interview with Justin episode 10 was great and gave me a lot of insight to what uh, a student or someone studying security should do. Keep up the great work. Thanks. Bye. Oh, that's Thank awesome. You. Thank you. Um, so for anyone else looking to go farther, um, on ethicalhacker.net, uh, the, if you if you search around, there's a like do-it-yourself career in pen testing, uh, or do-it-yourself career in security, and Don goes over a ton of different things from certs to places to work to type of stuff to study to books and everything like that, uh, and it's an awesome awesome review of kind of the the generals of getting in. So uh, maybe when we have Don on, Don can talk about some of that stuff, and we can do like a little like how to get hooked up in security and not become scanner monkey. Also, the DEF CON forums has a pretty good thread that's been going on for probably about the past three or four years. That's about yeah. like yeah. learning how to be like, you know, so you want to be a security person. So that'll help you out. I'll be able to hook you up with the address for that. Cool. Next one. We have a couple. This is really neat. Ryan's going to be pissed that he wasn't able to listen to him. Hi, this is Josh Dufresne. Uh, just want to say I really enjoy your show. Jack Liability is great. And I had a uh, question about social engineering. Um, mainly... How do you get better at it besides reading books and researching? For example, with hacking, you can go to lab and test and practice, but can you do that in a legal way with social engineering without, you know, getting passwords or nice. stealing other people's information? You know, it seems like you'd actually have to go out in public and try these methods, and that <laughs> seems totally like an ethical slash legal uh, dilemma. Isn't that so what China's for? anyone has any thoughts right here, about it, I'd love to hear about it. Uh, nice. Cool. <laughs> wow. There's yeah. there's all sorts of legal ways you could do it. This, I mean, even if you like go to a fast food restaurant, you're like, I'm going to convince that guy over there to give me a free soda. You basically, wander about trying to do that one. Or just don't go running around like hacking people's heads. It's not healthy. It's not good for them. Yeah. Um, if if you're uh, broken, yeah, don't don't make people more broken than they are. You're like, hey, I'm going to go to my shrink and really see what happens. Um, so, yeah, it, doing those things in the wild are, are good, okay. I don't know if legal or not. Well, if somebody gives you something for free, they give you something for free, and that's their choice. Um, you manipulating them into it, you know, you may have some moral issues at the end of the night, but, you know, that's that's up to you. Isn't that what beer's for? Beer, yeah. <laughs> or Or, like, you know, taking people into nightclubs or, you know, learning how to pick up a stripper based on her personality modality and frame control. Uh, we could do an, ep- an episode on that. It'll Absolutely. just be the, the Ho Whisperer episode. <laughs> <laughs> and it'll be like Caesar coming in and teaching you how to pick up strippers. Hey. Um, maybe Ryan can call in for that one just to, just to really set the tone. Because <laughs> I know he's good at it. Um, but, you know, to, to answer the question on the technical side, uh, we heart VMware, we heart Sun VirtualBox, uh, it's really, really easy for you to mock up a whole bunch of client-side attacks to see how they work on both sides. And it's a really good exercise because as you're starting to mock up those attacks, you can figure out where like someone's virus control will freak out and how to pack those differently so that their virus control doesn't freak out. You know, So, so you can get kind of that view and window in of what client-side attacking or what browser-side attacking looks like so that you can tailor that user's uh, experience into something that doesn't look shady, right? So that way you don't have to necessarily do everything in the wild. You can just totally set it up with just VMware. Yeah, on all the electronic stuff, I would I would definitely suggest uh, doing those things in your home virtualized or lab environment. Um, as far as the people hacking of people, um, you know, I'm, I'm sure if you have a girlfriend, there's situations that you need to get out of uh, when you get in trouble. Um <laughs> Honey, it's my fault. Get I'm out really of them. Sorry. <laughs> That's called placating. Um, but, you know, uh, the, the reading really, really helps. Uh, being aware of it, not necessarily doing it, but kind of going out and people watching. So uh, I know this is like what Karen and I end up catching ourselves doing, you know, all day long as, as our office looks down on 16th Street Mall. So, you know, for our breaks, we'll just sit by the window and stare at people and do everything from break them down on their attire, their dress, their walk, you know, open up the window, listen to them talk, listen figure to their out their friends. Yeah, figure out what they're talking about like when we were in the in the bar uh, in Rialto 
and we were sitting there going through like, hey, what kind of watch does that dude have on, and why, and what are they talking about, and 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 you can start getting ideas of posturing. You can get ideas on those things, and then start building some of them into how you interact with people. So if you want to get better at having people trust you and learning frame control and learning rapport building, you know, read books on those techniques. And then go out and make a brand new friend and do that and be very conscious of how you're doing it, how you're getting to that person, how they're getting to trust you instantly. I mean, and, and, you know, hey, at the end of the day, you get a free friend out of the gig. Um, Remember that you don't get a get out of jail free card. Yeah. When they get pissed and they slap you, you know, that's because you suck at it and you'll just get slapped less later on or you'll give up. I mean, or you'll that, like it. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, or then that becomes part of your SE game of like, I know she looks like she really wants to hit me. Let's do it. Um, but, you know, it's it, all of these things can be practiced without being, like, nefarious and bad in and, and that way. You can actually use them to the positive. You can, you know, take some of these techniques that are in here that are actually meant to improve relationships and use them to improve the relationships that are around you. I mean, don't just get into a fight and use it and go, hey, look, I can do this great SE shit to make this person feel like garbage. Like, look at the situation, figure out how their posture works, how your posture works, and what you're doing to, to kind of get congruent with them. And, and by doing so, you'll not only resolve the situation, but you'll practice some of these SE techniques that are there. Like, like watch, you know, couples together, for sure, or like a mom and a kid, or two little kids. And just like, you know, definitely kids' interaction is awesome. Oh, like the younger the kid, yeah. the better. Yep. So just, that was... Like that, that Bambi article that I wrote, which I don't know when that's coming out. I, I wrote an article about uh, how Disney uh, has created this, like, subtexted morality in lots of culture and is allowed for people to accept or ignore certain things. Um, so, like, a good example of that is, you know, the Bambi phrase when Thumper says, if you can't say anything nice, don't say anything at all. Well, you know, a lot of times somebody will think that I'm not supposed to be in a building, but them challenging me will be perceived by them as not being nice. So they don't say anything at all, and I walk right in. Because you're meant to be there, right? Right. You know, be, <laughs> and, and by challenging that, I mean, they're being a bad person. But, you know, so anyway, I, I went on this article, and it was really funny because I went off on this, like, tangent in the middle of as I was writing it for Inform IT. And... Uh, I'm sitting there writing it, and there's a baby on the airplane next to me. And everyone is, like, frantically trying to get the baby's, like, attention because everybody wants something to do on a plane, and everyone's bored, so. Was the baby crying or anything? No, just, like, just being a baby. Like, la, 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 you know, like, biting and spitting on stuff and throwing shit. And Are you just, sure it was a baby and not a badger or a raccoon not or like, you? No, I mean, it was it was legitimate. It was, a, you know, baby's a little kid. And uh, so it, it's great because you could see – the rapport building stuff in action, like the mirroring and breathing and those things. So as soon as someone took the same form as the baby, right? Like the baby would make a crazy face and a person form would make a crazy face. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, that Family Guy episode where he's like, form a tampon. And he's like, I'll just wait. <laughs> um, oh, God. Wait for what? <laughs> watch like every the Family 28 Guy episode. Days watch? Um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so... As uh, as these people would, would take on the same forms and mirror the baby and mirror breathing and action and tone and things like that, then the baby would pay attention to them. And then by paying attention to them and them mirroring each other's movement, the baby was now, like, friends with that person, like, instantly. And so, you know, just watching that interaction can can set you up for all these different things that you're looking at in SE and, and that if, you know, and then we can shamelessly plug classes that we teach on it and – you know, like we're we're teaching one in Denver tomorrow, um, which unfortunately is not tomorrow for you guys. Well, yeah. it might be or today. Maybe? I don't know. Maybe I, today I depends on we're how eager our, PJ our gets. PJ's looking um, like, what are you guys talking about? We're teaching it on Thursday, and it's going to be really, really funny because I I haven't told them that I'm not releasing my slide deck for it. <laughs> Tough shit. Uh, take notes. Yeah, take notes. Pay attention. If you don't, not my problem. It's like 200 slides. That's a lot of notes. Yeah. Anyway, whatever. Um, well, whatever. Again, not our problem. Um, but that's that's the long-ish short answer. Uh, maybe we can do a show on SE. Um, yeah. PJ just, like, kind of gave me the finger and then kind of pointed at another message. You give us the two fingers. Is he from England? Yeah, that or he's <laughs> really kinky. Oh, 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 we got Rickrolled. That's awesome. Oh, 
here by the way if I could figure out where that is if you ever want to call us it's 303-242-5481 that's 303-242-5481 if you want to leave us messages or I, I don't even want to elaborate on that if you want to continue to rickroll us it'll be funny every time I mean I'm never going to stop laughing about it, it. it'll just be like it's new uh, alright next I think it's going to happen again I hope so I'm waiting do it again Waiting for the blast in the headphones. Hey, guys. I just wanted to uh, pass along a little story. Um, okay. Listen to you guys um, all the time, and you guys rock. Sounds but, like Dan. Um, the Dan? The show that you had with Chris Gates gave me a pretty good idea, uh, the whole kid gloves non-destructive test. Yep. It's Dan. I was able to uh, get some pretty good traction for management after I hacked our corporate network. Oops. <laughs> um, what we did is uh, we set up a, a game site like a prize giveaway site yep. and uh, you put together a couple of excel spreadsheets with some uh, macro pop-up viruses um, that were fake but um nice threw those out hacked into somebody's uh somebody's account through outlook web that had a really cheesy password and had him spam the entire company um, and boy did we get their attention so uh <laughs> give me a call back when you get the chance I'll talk to you later. Bye. Let's call Dan. I know he's at it's it's ten fifteen in Connecticut, so we need to call him just to be, he'll be like in bed. Like, what are you doing? Call it. Beep 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 beep. beep. Do we do we have it to call again? We it don't. Unknown. It was unknown. Oh man. Oh, I might be able to help him out actually. Look at she's all call this number. I know it's just, let's call some like hey. Uh, in the meantime, while they're looking for that, Work. Uh, speaking of, you know, kid gloves, uh, I think someone needs to take off the kid gloves and just slap the shit out of Stephen Chu because he's an idiot. Stephen, if you ever listen to this, I think you're an absolute fucking retard. There you go. You want to know why? Oh, why, you ask? Well, that's because... The Energy Secretary, Stephen Chu, has said that the Energy Department needs to consider whether information security systems are worth the drag on its mission. Stephen, you are the reason that security in this world sucks. It is people like you who have no concept of what their job is and has decided to make this, like, bullshit crusade against security without realizing that security takes into three things, confidentiality, integrity, and availability. And if you want to tell me that by ensuring integrity and availability, it's a drag on your organization that produces and sustains energy in this government and in this country, you just need to be fired because you're not smart enough to have your job. And, and I'm not saying that because I could do it better. I'm just saying that I would never make the absolutely ignorant claim that we have to figure out whether this is going to you know, be worth the drag on our energy. You know, who cares about locking the front door to the nuclear reactor? That's going to screw things up because people won't be able to get in and out easily. You know, like, you idiot. Stop it. Like, read a book. Do something. God, go to any conference. Please say that in front of any security person ever. And and just and and make your case because you're gonna just look stupid and it's fine it's fine that you look stupid now as long as you recant later and go you know what yeah I was talking on my ass my bad you know so if you look there was an article that was on uh, let's see Federal Computer Week is where I found it uh, and 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 he said you know. What happened is, uh, you know, the energy department has a job, and it's not to protect the energy department. It's to get something done. So it leaves that wide open, and we won't have one anymore. <laughs> Seriously, like, forget, forget protecting anything. We got to do shit. What, what, is, what does that mean? Like, how do you do shit if it doesn't work? And, and I'm not saying that security is the panacea of, of all issues and functionality because it's not. And by all means, it impedes a load on every single environment that it ever touches. But you have to look at the justification of 
security being a byproduct or by function, not even a product, but but it, it, it increases the integrity and availability of any system and your energy, like your whole charter is integrity and availability. Like, like don't, I can't, I, let's listen to another message because it's freaking me out. <laughs> okay. Well then let's, do you want to call Dan? Oh, we've got, we can, maybe his name isn't really Dan. No, his name's Dan. <laughs> You want to call? Should we call him? It's like 10 o'clock at night. Call him anyway. Yep, call him. There you go. I'll just be like, who are you guys? We should have, like, used slide dial or something like that and just hit his voicemail. Because he's going to be like, yo, dude, my kid's sleeping. But your kid didn't answer the phone. We'll call him this weekend. We'll hang up. All right. Anyway, so ba- back on other wonderful rants of the world. So not only do people like that, you know, uh, come up and – and th- God. Well, like the other thing he says is that he says we really want to look very hard at the business operations of the Department of Energy. Well, like <laughs> – I'm going I'm I'm to stare at them with my ninja powers. It reminds me – I watched that movie Bolt with Jess. I love, like, Dogs. stupid Disney movies. Like, yeah, I just think that like Pixar and animated movies they're are just awesome. so awesome because they're like they're so perfect and and they teach kids all these wonderful lessons that you can completely exploit once they get older. Um, the best lesson are the two lights. <laughs> exactly, right? So, yeah, and and he's like you know he gets out of his little fantasy world where like the movie makes everything happen, kind of like the Truman Show, and then he like goes back to being like a regular dog out in the street, and he's trying to like use his laser beam vision to like melt a lock, and like he's pissed because <laughs> it's not working. That is this dude. Like, all right, let's look really hard at the business. It sounds really good, and he goes <sighs> and stares at the server room, and like nothing happens, and he's like, okay. Oh wait! Now no, let's something go talk happened to people. because the server room wasn't locked anymore. <laughs> there you go. Because Jackalope's sitting down there on top of the server rack, being like, "It's cool. Business is still going. Maybe <laughs> later, pal. Keep looking at it." So, not only do you have that as this horrible weight on your life when you're trying to preach the message of security, people, then you have articles like SC Magazine that went out and said that nearly half of IT security budgets are deemed insufficient. And if this was a video podcast, I would show you my, like, special surprise face. Um, here, Which, look. Here it is. Yep. There you go. There, there you go. You hear that, like, Super surprise nothing face. Happened. Nothing happened. Um, so, yeah, to, to look at this, they said that 41% of, their, of the IT security companies that are out there, or excuse me, 320 companies nationwide found that 41% said that their company's overall IT budget has decreased. Compared to 18% last year. I hate percents and numbers. It's like, you can make them say anything. But Where'd you get your information. Yeah, right? Thanks, guys. <clears throat> so out of that, and, and now that they had this decrease, almost 50% of the companies, after answering those questions, said that they believe that their IT budget will not suffice for all of the operations and the goals that they have this year. So not only, you know, like if, if this was... Like, I have to go back to water, right? Because this is what my family did and does. And and if you said that 50% of the people say that we're not going to be able to pump out as much water as we have to pump out this year, like, shit would change right away. You know, if you said that only 50% of the toilets will flush this year or based or on this budget. Or flush half the time. Yet, like, what? Really? Like, number one, <laughs> Did number you just two. say that? You know? Yeah. So I, I just think that, that people are, are so concerned about some of these things in front of them that they're forgetting long-term strategies. I think that it's a very common thing that happens in security where people say, ignore this right now because we'll deal with it later. But some of the things that they're ignoring right now haven't been prioritized right. And because of that, they're ignoring something that's really important. So it's the same kind of thing as when you when you ask like a business company like what's important to them, and they say like their email server. Exactly, exactly right. You know, because their uh, company will run without their email server. They just don't think about that that they actually don't need their mail. Their mail. Right. They they look at the things that they use every day, and uh, most of the time, especially in in the security field, people will automatically gravitate to the things that they personally use every day. 
and put their personal meaning on the business. Because like you don't actually even need like a cash register to run a business. You just want a product to sell. Yeah. Well, you know, and, and there's a difference, right? Like, if your cash register goes down and that's your only way to take in money, you're effed. You can't do anything. Like, your business shuts down. Because if that's the only way you could take in money, you're dead. But if you can still take in money without having that cash register there and the business you can maintains still put it operational. You got your hand. Right. Unless your hand get cut off. I don't know. Right. <laughs> but, if, but if you're the type of business that can't do that, right? Exactly. Or you Electronic can't. Electronic money. Right. Or, or, you know, my credit cards are down and I don't accept cash. Well, you know, you're Tango Uniform. You better figure out what's going on. Trade. But, you know, there's lots of people that go, oh, well, you know, to your example, exactly. Well, email goes down. That's the first thing about my DR plan. Like, who gives a, a crap if I run a restaurant chain? And my cash registers go down. It's a hell of a lot more important than like getting than email my to email Bob than going Texas. email to Bob going, hey Bob, cash registers down. You know, like yeah, got it. Crickets. Not seeing anybody come in, right? But you know, as people go through these things, they they end up looking at the things that are only close to them. And and I have the perfect example of of this happening in the consulting world. By the way, I I'm trying to put together a white paper, but I can't do it right now because I just put the F word and all sorts of other stuff in it so much because I get like really fired up. But I personally think zero data, no charts, no anything. I mean, I'll like make up stats on the fly. But I, I personally think that many of the companies right now that have gotten hacked this year that are compliant and and we're gonna have somebody on to talk specifically about compliance who knows a ton You'll about totally it. Totally note once they hear the word compliant, I just start snickering but, automatically. But all of these companies that are compliant or have had assessments done, it's it's not because that company isn't doing their job. It's because they have testers that suck. And not only do they have testers that suck, they have testers that have no real relevance to what risk is in an environment. All they're doing is following a checkbox program that was created in like nineteen ninety eight. And because companies don't have the ability to go out and really have enough knowledge to vet their testers and say, hey, this this testing shop is pretty good, and they do these types of things, and they attack with relevant threat today, and then this type of testing shop, well, yeah, they have a great name, but they only run Nessus, and they have really no idea what the risks are in the environment – you know, because a lot of that lemon market philosophy, like Bruce Schneier talks about on his blog often, um, because that lemon market strategy is there – and because the the buyer does not have the same level of knowledge of the you know technologies and services that the seller does, it, it goes away. And these these people get the service, and they go, oh hey look, I can get a PCI assessment for five grand, and they do it. And cool, you're compliant, right? And you know, and that person who runs that PCI company, they passed all their checks on paper, which that's all it really is, and they you know paid their forty five grand to the you know Viper Steal Your Soul Society called PCI. And they got the little check mark that says that they can go certify people, and they have no idea what they're doing. They're just following some little program, and people are assuming that they're secure because of it. And uh, so <laughs> I, I have a client that uh, uses one of these big shops. Uh, let's call them Ernst & Young, uh, the, the big shop that they use. Um, and then uh, <laughs> they not only use Ernst & Young, but they also use a bunch of other assessment companies to do all these assessments, right? SOX and HIPAA and GLBA and, and PCI and everything else, right? Check marks on paper. Right. So um, they brought us in because they wanted to do some kind of red team testing. It was really testing that was relevant to data, not testing that was relevant to a compliance mechanism or technical security in any way. Red team it was, in quotation marks. Because yeah. they didn't know what they were ordering. And if you're gonna, if you're right. gonna order a cheese sandwich, you well, better expect a cheese sandwich. Exactly, but but you know the the good part is that the client actually has some really really good knowledge of security, right? Like he's really good and he actually understands it. It's not like a, you know, hey, I want red team testing. I don't know what that is, and then they don't know what to do. I mean, we connected because of an article that I wrote, essentially saying. You know, compliance doesn't keep you secure, and regular testing with boundaries is bullshit because it has a boundary, and an attacker doesn't have a boundary, and and that's just it. And if you're trying to protect from that, that's stupid. That's like saying I'm gonna, 
you know, I'm going to take up basket weaving so I can be better at fighting. It's just dumb. You know, I mean, sure, you can make a case, right? Like, oh, my micro dexterity is better because of my basket weaving skills. But, like, when I punch you in the face and you fall over, like, you didn't do a whole lot. Anyway, so what happened in this is that uh, we went, we conducted an exercise, we got access to all this data that no one in any of their little assessment companies have ever gotten access to before. So, you know, we, we figured out some protection strategies. Everything was cool. You know, we, we said, hey, look, here's a low-hanging fruit. Here's the shit that you can do without spending money. Here's the ways that you can fix these things. And each layer of these attacks would have been stopped at different points if you had protected the environment that way. Um, so then, you know, salespeople from their company come in. And, you know, hey, salespeople, thank you very much for getting me jobs. Fuck you very much for screwing clients over and selling them shit that they don't need. Um, nonetheless, uh, this person comes in and says, oh, well, I'd like you to talk to the head of our pen testing team at, let's call them Ernst & Young. And then, you know, King Hacksor, who probably walked in looking like the dude from Grandma's Boy, who's like, I, I am lead Hacksor. You know, he came in, he started talking about all of his lead O'Day and his research team and all this other shit. Hopefully he was talking so everyone you can know, understand him. That's cool. Whatever. Well, the person he was talking to, which I, I know that he didn't know, is like a super badass programmer. Aww. Like ultra badass. Like not like consultant level expert badass yes. writes books programmer. And uh, and that's why he gets it. So he's talking to this guy and he's saying, oh, man, you know, well, we did this and this and this. And then, you know, he kind of responds and goes, well, I had a team in here and they got to this stuff and you guys have never gotten to that. So I don't understand. And he goes, oh, well, I'd like to know how. And so he told them, he's like, well, they tested a couple servers. They popped these, you know, exploits that were there. And then the way that they got into the environment while well, the sensitive data in it is not only could they get access and you know move off of those servers and use them as kind of jumping points and proxy points to get into other environments because it was segregated fairly well right like there was one box one place there's a VPN that went from that box into this other slick ass environment that had all the super ninja shit that was you know certified by this compliance mechanism and then they had keys split all that you know it was it was cool set up from an architecture perspective but it was easy to figure out, like, hey, these people are admins, and admins probably have access over this little VPN so tunnel predictable. to get to it. Right. So and it wasn't a client. It was a network base yeah. because they had to be able to hit it anywhere. So I'm like, great. I'll hack the, you know, like my OS speech, right? Like, screw hacking the application. I'll hack the developer because then I get right to where the source is. So how did how did we do that? Well, fine. I art poisoned this machine for like a day. I ran every piece of traffic. That was coming from his box through my box back out to the network. And the quote-unquote Ernst & Young, uh, I think it actually was, which is the funny part, um, said, oh, well, we consider our poisoning cheating. And I'm like, yeah, that's cool. Low-hanging well, fruit? Our client, right? Our client goes, uh, yeah, well, they got in. And he's like, well, anyone could do that. And he's like, Hold on a second. So, so this, you know, brought me back as I'm sitting there talking with our client about this stuff. And I'm like, I can't believe that some people are so arrogant and so headstrong that the easy shit that's there, they're not telling the client to fix. Like, like here's the point. When you do a security assessment, your job as a super elite badass tester or a tester that sucks Anybody. or a tester that doesn't know or a tester that doesn't know or whatever else, your job is to show the client the things that matter. Okay, and if that's a super ninja elite hack, or if it's a you know, hey, you have a password blankly running across the night, you need to show them that it's your effing responsibility. This is why right? they hired you. That's why they hired you. So don't don't try and get all silly moral. I'm cooler than everyone else because I can do O'Day. I don't give a shit. If if I can hack a network in two minutes, and you can hack a network in five minutes with your O'Day. I win. I hacked it in two minutes. You need to fix my shit first. That's where you got to change sorry. the password. Now you're all screwed. And then even worse, when people get this high horse about O'Day, all right, my opinion on O'Day, you kick ass, you wrote O'Day. Straight up, you kick ass. I didn't do it. And, and then the ones it. that I did, fucking I did. But all the other ones that everyone else has, you're kick ass. I love you. I, you make my job better. You drive the security world. You make clients fix shit. But your job in the security world 
is the police of the people selling the software and the products. That's your job. Okay? When you come down to one of these clients and say, haha, I used ODA to break into your Windows server, blah, 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 and I stole your passwords and everything else, guess what you are? An asshole. You want to know why? Because you have no remediation strategy for that client. If there's no way to fix it and the vendor hasn't fixed it, what the hell are you going to tell them? What are you going to tell them? Uh, yeah, you can't fix this. I'm just fucking leap. Peace out. I'm out. Later. You know, fix the shit that your client can fix. Show them the things that are simple. You know what? I don't care if our poisoning is cheesy. You can protect against it. It's really easy. And you know what it does at the end of the day? It shows you that you have HTTP running on a site that centralized management that is the same username and password as your freaking domain. So either change the architecture so that it's not that way or encrypt that thing. But don't go around telling people that, oh, this is lame and ridiculous because they did this hard point. No, you're testing the layers of security, and that's what your job is to do. So you know what? The next time you're going to run your O-Day, do the basic shit too. Charlie Parker didn't learn to be a badass by playing, like, you know, sick free jazz. He learned it by doing the scales, all right? And he woodshedded forever playing scales all day long, every single day. That's, that's how you get better at security is by practicing the basics, all right? You don't get better by... By being, you know, Lido Nito badass and going, oh, hey, dude, I can protect against this super fucking cool thing that only four people in the world know how to do. Who cares if my secretary or my freaking package boy or the UPS guy can go download Kane and click the freaking Toxic Avenger button and blow your network up. You suck. He's awesome. Fucking your O-Day's worthless. And, and great for you. I mean, you got to understand that the, the base level of this environment that you're trying to fix is... 10 rings below where you're trying to, to test them at. So make sure that your testing strategies are like a rubber band. Don't just try and snap the whole thing and stretch it all the way the first time because it's, it's not going to be relevant. You have to say, okay, you're at step one. I'm not going to test you on step 10. I'm going to test you on step two, three, maybe even four, and let you know that five through 10, if I have time based on this engagement, are there, but I'm going to prioritize a risk strategy that's going to fix the things that are easy, that are right in front of you, that you don't have to go buy a whole ton of shit for, and that are, are you know relevant to your security today. I would much rather see my client go out, fix the art poisoning shit, then I would have them fix this random O-Day shit and still be able to R-poison the whole network. I, I, and I'm, I'm sorry for going way off on that, but it drives me crazy that that people think that the, the super high-tech nature of this security industry gives them the right to falsely, and I say falsely, adjust and work with it, customers and tell them you need to change your whole strategy to protect from this thing when you're not even protecting from the thing that's going to topple the company over tomorrow that can be downloaded by anyone. You know, yeah, sure, if I can download Metasploit and there's a sploit in there and I can point and click my way to it, it is way more important to fix that one than it is the custom ODA code that I have that no one else has. Why? Because of pervasiveness of the risk. If you want to go back to the math of it, it comes down to how likely is it to exploit. If it's in Metasploit, pretty damn likely. If it's only on your box, tough shit. I also just want to point out, like, everything you said, like, like Kane or Metasploit, it's all free. Right. Right, absolutely. And you can download it anywhere, which increases the, you know, availability. It increases the, you know, probability of it actually happening to you. And therefore increases your risk, like, hundredfold, because you know it's not going to be some, like, $5,000 program that someone's used. Like, they can just get it anywhere. Okay. Uh... Delchi just hit me on IM with the new InfoSec. Uh, it is the InfoSec Serenity Prayer. Why do I know this? Because I went to AA. It didn't necessarily work because I'm still drinking, but I didn't really want to stop drinking. Um, we'll talk about that in some other episode where I'm screwed up. Um, <laughs> yeah, whatever. People are like, I'm not hiring you. Uh, I don't care. So the InfoSec Serenity Prayer. Scott. Grant me the serenity to accept people who will not secure their networks, the courage to face them when they blame me for their problems, and the wisdom to go out drinking afterwards. Shouldn't it just be the wisdom to go out drinking, period? I'm no. not sure my mother's listening. She's like probably just like disowning me. Oh, I know, forever. right? Like, all, yeah. It's... That was probably, what, 14 episodes ago, something. <laughs> That's beautiful. Hi, I love it. That's, so we're, we're, we're making coffee mugs and T-shirts that are going to have that on it as well. 
Delchi and I were talking about that for a while. But speaking of which, we're working on the exotic liability shirts. They should be ready within the next couple of weeks. We'll put them up on the site, and then we'll also be selling them at Con and Black Hat and all these other areas to go pimp our cool logos and Yeti's dope-ass drawings. Ah, <laughs> oh, breath. Okay, so I'm 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 done yelling at other people about... Uh, no, I'm not. About things that are silly. I was just about to say. Um, it's like, end this rant. No. <laughs> speaking of speaking of Delchi, uh, did you see the article on Gizmodo that said looking at porn at work makes you a hacker? Well, I don't know. It's like looking at it. It's kind of like uploading it to, you know, your female friends who want to meet you and uh, the rest of you. Dude. It, 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 in, in present form. Uh-oh. I'm seeing stifling laughs or I'm something sorry. over here. I was at a client. Have any of you guys, if you've never used NetWitness, um, throw out Wireshark and go download NetWitness Investigator because it's gangster. Can I get a witness? Oh, dude, it, <laughs> it is like the witness. But it is the dopest visual interface to looking at packet transfers and stuff like that. Like, you can even import all the Wireshark stuff into NetWitness, and it'll show you, like, these crazy sick relations and then you can like click on my aim conversation between like me and Karen and it'll actually load it up and go line by line and show you it'll put the whole conversation together I'll do it's sick and they'll be like whoa why are they looking at one man one cup again and it's because you missed that one thing that one time with the one because you didn't slow it down and see his micro expression about how happy he was you missed that (laughs) but so you can look at those things, right? If if there's a VoIP call, you can actually click on the call and it'll play the whole call end-to-end, both sides. If there's a, a packet transfer, if there's data being transferred over the line and you catch the entirety of the data transfer, you can actually repackage it, put it together, and look at the zip file. It's sick. It's just, it's it's the shit. Um, but we were, we were doing some troubleshooting in a network one day, and as we're looking through it, and as we're doing, you know, the full packet capture on everything... We're looking through this stuff, and as we're like scrolling down and trying to figure out what Top Talker traffic was, we pull down one of the Top Talker traffics. And as we pull down Top Talker traffic, it's this dude in his desk surfing the raunchiest gay porn I have ever seen. And I have seen some dirty gay porn, trust me. Did you I, save it all here, like, dude, all these websites all at once. Oh, you know, they we went out right out to the 303 list. I was like, dude, look at this. Look at this it. is better than me. It's been. Look Check this it. out. And it was raw. And this dude, and it was really funny because they knew who it was so we could look up on his IP address. We emailed him to find his Windows username. You know, so I had like this little so mini could- dossier of like, hey, if you want the dude who serves gay porn at work and gets really hardcore about it, here's a cat to talk to. Log into all of his sites with cookies, maybe? I don't know. Oh, dude. It was just, it was fantastic. But I was in the room with the two executives of this company, and they could not stop laughing like like watching them in front of anything that captures network traffic and seeing them just die, like like snot run out of their nose laughing so hard it was absolutely beautiful so um quick plug for netwitness because it kicks ass quick thumbs down for if you're gonna look at gay porn at work or send pictures of your freaking wang over to you know sally on aim or something like that like know that that's dumb (laughs) you're probably being watched like dude install tor proxy (laughs) from your house like do some shit that's cool like ryan ryan always talks about that like when we worked at all tech together and they're always like you know we watch everybody's network traffic but there's never any network traffic that comes from your machine and every time we're over there you guys are like surfing on the internet and everything so then they finally like wisen up and they're like you know, we see a ton of SSH traffic coming from your workstation all the time. And I'm all, I saw nothing. that's weird. <laughs> your tool must be broken. <laughs> Strange. So encrypt your shit. Don't let everybody look at it. I mean, if you want to get your gay porn on in the middle of the day. Or straight and porn see, on. Yeah, straight porn, dirt animal porn, porn, animal porn, whatever, right? You want to get down with that and like, right that's what's up. Get it on, but don't be retarded about it. Like, use Tor. Use some obfuscation, you know, make sure you know what your network looks like and get around that shit. I mean, it's not a hack, you know. Sometimes before a con call, I got to watch more man, one cup. What's up? I mean, I just got to do, I got to get in the mode for business. And, you know, that's how it is. Speaking of getting around stuff, 
Uh, I'm just looking at like around it, complete horror. So I don't, I don't UC know Berkeley, going. did you you know how they got hacked? Like fairly recently. Well, Dude, they've been hacked tell. like a bunch of times, right? Like which but, time is this? But now they're like hackers went undetected for months, but administrators admit that they hacked and breached the database. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Good. <laughs> Duh. Neat. Neat guys. <laughs> I wonder if it took Verizon to figure that one out. Um, it, it might be one of the 285 million something. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah, we're part of the number, and it's all external. I love that, right? External. Yeah, because the student who's part of the college hacked the database and, and didn't stole, work for the college. Yeah, and installed three hundred thousand users and social security numbers and credit card numbers and all his bank accounts and all this other shit. Because they didn't technically work for the college, it was an external attack. Even though he did it from the inside of the network on the database, inside the database, using SQL queries that he found inside. Like it's obviously external. You guys suck. <laughs> um, so anyway. Um, Peterson's the one who who did some of the stuff uh, from Logarithm uh, that actually looked at it. And I think it's great that they have, you know, some intelligent companies coming in and doing deconstruction saying, hey, look, you hacked the database, which which leads us to that point of, okay, the database probably sat on the inside. It probably wasn't on the outside. Or maybe, you know, there was a SQL query that you could do from the outside or blind SQL or whatever have you. It probably right? felt ignored and unloved. It was un- ignored and unloved in a basement, cold. And they Hello. said, you know what? Because you're not on the perimeter, no one's going to hack or you. And so they patted it on the back and they left all the ports open and they didn't do anything. And therefore it was sad. Speaking of which, uh, I got to send a mail to the Litchfields and see if they'll be on the show because I really would like Yay. them to come on and talk about database security because those guys Please? are fucking gangster. Um, but, you know, if, if you ever need to look at a database, seriously, go to NGS Software, download Squirrel. Let the thing rip your database apart, and you will learn all this new database hacking shit that you've never even learned before. I think Squirrel and is it Unicorn? Is that the no Squirrel <laughs> and something else? But Squirrel's sick. I mean, like all their tools are just dope, and, and big, huge, massive ups to those guys for for doing some really, really excellent database security. And even dude, even Nessus now, Nessus has plugins that are database centric, where you can put you know the SA login into the thing. And it's freaking, you know, and it, it goes through and it, it goes through all the database. It goes through base configurations. It'll even, I think it'll even do some of the NIST checks and stuff against it now. So it's it's really, really, really cool. Um, you know, uh, kind of speaking back on, on SQL and, and the same topic, were you going to say something about I was, about gonna, I was trying to, I don't know if I looked up the right thing. NGSsoftware.com? Let's try that. Yeah. I'm on, I ended up on Squirrel SQL at SourceForge. No, do NGSsoftware.com. Um one of the other things, uh, SQL. So let's say you're on the other side and you're trying to do some some popping and hacking a SQL. Um, Pangolin, P-A-N-G-O-L-I-N, is a new auto SQL injection tool. Um, scans, looks for SQL injection. Once it finds it, it'll actually give you options of different stuff that you can do to take advantage of it. So you can choose choose from stuff like you know, backend database management system fingerprints, retrieving, you know, DBMS session and user, enumerating the user, getting password hashes, you know, getting privileges, getting databases, dumping the whole database, dumping user-specific tables and columns, or run your own SQL query and statement. Um, Dude, cool, cool stuff. Uh, I'm excited about where this project is going because I think there's a lot of really cool SQL tools right now. What's SQL Map uh, also is really really awesome because they have that backend uh, command shell that you can down you can upload over the over it. I think we talked about it in episode like five or six or something like that. Um, it Not was get your iPods out. Let us yeah, know. Um, Call that number. But it was it was really cool. But here's another P A N G O L I N uh, is another really sweet uh, framework for doing SQL injection and pulling some stuff down. Um, and I have I'm keeping these things up on my screen. So that I can dump these all into a episode list afterwards. Um, did you find? I, I didn't get NGS. the name of the uh, NGS. Yeah. Oh, N- that. G- well, now, now you all can find it if you're playing the uh, the exotic liability home ride along game, game with the ride along game with uh, your laptops. Like uh, that's awesome. Squirrel was doing. Yeah, yeah. A- a- NGS Squirrel for Oracle. There's 
they do all sorts of really cool stuff. Those guys are just super elite ninjas, and you can actually go and download trials. Um, so you can download trials of of NGS Squirrel for <coughs> for SQL, for Oracle, for DB2, for Sybase, for Informix. Um, Informix, yeah, like all of you financial and telco companies who still run Informix, <laughs> learn how it sucks from Dave and, and Mark. Um, but yeah, definitely check that stuff out because they they have it together. And if you really want to try and do some database security, don't just count on like AppScan and uh, WebInspect or Akinetics. Boo, Akinetics, you suck. Um, but don't don't count on those for auditing your databases. I mean, go to purpose-built tools meant for auditing and assessing databases. And also always, I mean, it's just like, you know, school. You're always double-checking your work. Yep. Like, you know, just because... Just because one company believes something doesn't mean that someone else is going to come up with something else. Um, also, the same thing with like you know all the the antiviruses out there. Like I know I probably don't have to tell you guys this, but you know they specifically leave stuff out just to you know make you paranoid so you buy their product, things like that. Yeah. Uh, what is it? Virus Total or Virus Check, where you can upload the file and then it checks so. through. Uh, we'll look for that link. But it, Virus Total or Virus Check uh, is the one that we always use when we're building client side attacks. So after we pack them. I'll put them up there to see if they're going to get caught by any virus scanning. So, you know, again, back to practicing SE. Um, when you're doing client-side attacking or you're packing things or, you know, we had a, a client where they had their CFM server um, open and you could make a redirect over to another CFM box and be able to package things. Well, then we were going and we are having it go get Gifar uh, files that would have embedded shells in them. We had others that we had CFMs that had uh, project shells built into it that would call back and, you know, doing some proof of concept there. But, you know, it, it, those were the things that we were uploading into, uh, I think it was virus. Uh, I think it was virus total. Virus I don't know. Virus. I don't know. Virus. Yeah. <laughs> it's like back to what was the, oh, what was that movie? Army of Darkness. Yes, with the book. Where he's like, Clata Verata. There we go. Yep, got that done. That's uh, that's my virus. There you are. Um, Thanks, Ash. Yeah, right. But, uh, you know, upload them there and see if it gets unpacked and if anyone sees it. And if they don't, you know, good for you. Keep going. Um, back on that in, in some of the topics of testing. And I know we're kind of going all over the place, but I don't think that's anything new. Um, I was. Karen and I were putting together our slide deck, uh, which is like 208 slides or something like that for the session tomorrow, and or excuse me for Thursday, and uh, we started you know going through. I was going through one of the sections that that we called Gold Digger, because uh, you know after you go through the test and you figure out the test, you find the vulnerabilities and you plan the whole thing and you exploit shit. It's it's really like exploiting stuff in a pen test is is not the end game, right? The end game is finding data that's wow finding data that's like worth it for the customer to see that you found like to provide impact like don't just show them like hey sal i i know uh i know you have a pink background in your screen like no one gives a shit but if you say hey here's all the numbers for your erp system and the login and how to change the data and how to do this they're like oh no you know lock the doors kill chris you know <laughs> but uh, one of the problems that a lot of pen testers, I think, have is that they don't know how to find data and they don't know how to find shit that makes an impact. Um, so I, I think that if you if you look out there, I'm going to give you some some tools to go find that stuff. Right. Um, first one, my favorite, Cornell University put out a tool called Spider. Right. It's in version three right now. Uh, you can define your own regular expressions to go find data in in among all these different areas <coughs> so that you can go through, you can put in, it already has some pre-built ones for social security numbers and credit cards, but you can also put in all these other things. And because you can use regex, it's really great. Um, so run it. I mean, pop the box, make yourself a login, dump spider to the thing and let that thing go find the data and move on to the next machine. Um, be and, amazed and freaked out. Oh, it's so awesome. Uh, especially like, God forbid you ever run that thing on like one of the big public share drives on the internal <laughs> side and you just watch just, you know, like, hey, look, it's 55,000 files of credit card numbers in it. And, and the customer just freaks out and flips over. But 
But that's the point, right? Don't make your job so hard. Use some of the automated tools. So Cornell University Spider, uh, DB Data Finder is awesome. Uh, also, it's it, super uh, low rate of false positives. It's really stable, and you know you can go through and you can actually tweak the thing to search for specific types of data in the database. Once you find those, it'll export that. It'll tell you what row, what column it's in, um, and and you can find all the data there. DTS Search Desktop also really good. Does another indexing. It's kind of like uh, the Google Desktop, but does a little bit different type of indexing, converts file types to HTML so that you can have highlights in your hits so that as you're going through it, you'll actually hit some of the files in, in some of the HTML. Uh, File Hunter is really good uh, to, to go through. Google Desktop Search, yeah, you know, it's okay. I, I would much rather have some of the things that are less invasive installing on, you know, customer machines like like Spider or DB Data Finder. Um, Power Grep, awesome good to go, automatically can change all these different things under preferences, it's really easy to use, there aren't a lot of false positives, the ones that are false positives are pretty easy to see. Are these programs free, or do people buy them? Or um, Most of them are free. Okay. Almost, I think almost all of them are free, except for two. Um, Power Grep, also really good. Uh, I think oh, that's that's one we just said. Uh, it, Windows Grep, so it's just like Grep, but for Windows. So you can, in Grep, Grep's great. Uh, especially if you're on a Unix box, you don't need to install anything because you can search, you can grab for regex yep, regular command. So now you don't have to install anything. All you have to do is know some of the basics of doing regex for a credit card. And if you can make the regular expressions for a credit card or for a social security number, you just you're done. bomb, grab the box, bounce away, screen the process, walk away, get on another machine, come back, see what it results to. Um, so, yeah, I mean, this is... These are things that I think a lot of pen testers leave out because everybody's so worried about the race to root that once they get there, they kind of like don't know what to do. It's it's like, like cool root. Yeah, it's Neat. like the people in clubs who like are worried about picking up a girl to fuck them. They get into bed and then it's like five minutes later and they don't really make an impact. Like get it done, bro. Get I mean get it. You spent all night getting at this thing. Get it. Like if you spent four hours picking her up, spend eight hours getting it. And like it doesn't. I mean you know bring up a. a Fucking sack lunch and a glass of water or something. I mean, do whatever it takes. Get yourself set up. Take a lunch day for the day. Absolutely. Or have lunch and have yeah. So so you know my my biggest uh, pet peeves in the security world are that you know and and granted right everyone who wants to naysay and be like hey well if you don't get in then you look like an idiot anyway fine cool Um, but my biggest thing is that people don't do the right and enough information gathering. Right, and they don't do enough intel work, and on the and that's the beginning of the process. They also, at the end of the process, don't dig for information that's relevant to the company. So they don't really know what the, what's important to the company. They haven't asked the questions, and the findings that they're showing are based on the technologies of them to get to root, not on the risk of accessing something that can hurt the company. Yep. And and by using stuff and automated tools like this, you get right down to it. You get right down to the dirt. I mean, it's. It, like, hey, dude, here's all your credit cards. I mean, like, I know it sucks, but and That's here's how we got it. Button. Right? Well, either that or it's the pay attention button, right? Like, somebody quoted us on uh, Twitter, a blog or something, because of the comment that if the Windows little icon that said click here to install updates said click here to not lose money, then people <laughs> would do it. Like it's the same thing, much. dude. Like, like, Read my report and fix this exploit so you don't lose credit cards versus fix this exploit because, you know, I showed you a command shell and the executives are like, I don't give a shit about that. I, it's weird green screen stuff that I use to type Word documents in. I don't care. So make it relevant, please. All right. Uh, that being said, I think that we're probably either verging on making two shows or one really long show out of this. Um so he's it, got it, the, the one look going. PJ said one really long show. Um, That's okay though. We're glad you're still around. Yeah, glad so you're listening to us. As uh, yeah, th- thank you guys, especially everyone who's <clears throat> been logging on to ExoticLiability.com and and joining up in the chat rooms. We've had like awesome chats in the chat mm-hmm. room, and it's been really really cool to see 
<clears throat> some of the people that you know have have come up and, and offered suggestions to us and people to you know come speak on the show and, and things like that and so, people who voted for us on podcast alley very yeah, appreciate that's awesome and you then, guys you guys all kick ass i mean anyone who listens to the show kicks ass because you know god knows i have you. to listen to me enough and i get annoyed with myself um so closing out um you guys all kick ass thank you for listening to us rant hopefully i'll see you guys in a couple weeks at layer one Oh yeah, later one's coming up. It's the twenty second and twenty third. Are you gonna be out? Are you gonna be out there? I'm gonna go there. Nice. Are you, It'll be fun. Are you teaching? Are you doing something? Um, what are you doing there? I might teach a little bit of lock picking if uh, Datagram and Scorch let me do that a little bit. Um, Gringo Warrior is gonna be out there. Nice. It's uh, just layer one info if you want to come. Where is it? It's uh, Anaheim. Apparently, it's like five minutes away from Disneyland. So if you get bored <clears> of the con, <throat> you can just go molest Mickey Mouse. I don't know. Nice. Um, so I might Very go cool. do that on Friday. But right on. All right. Well. We're going to sign out. We'll be back this weekend to drill down another four or five podcasts and get back on track. Thanks for listening. Okay. Bye.